Welcome to the Wealth Builders Podcast. I'm Billy Epperhart, and on this show, you're going to hear from industry leaders in business, real estate, and investing. Our Wealth Builder coaches and myself are excited to teach you how to make sense of making money for making a difference. Okay, let's get started. Hello, and thank you for joining us for this week's Wealth Builders podcast. I'll tell you what, you are in for a treat today, Wealth Builders family, because we have none other than Dan Dyer joining us to teach on generational wealth. Dan, do you want to say hi to everybody? So good to be with everybody this morning, this evening. So wherever (laughs) your time zone is. Exactly. Yeah, we're so excited. This is part of the series leading up to the Wealth Builders Conference in 2024, which is in February, which you've been hearing about on the podcast. And Dan is one of our main speakers, which I'm very, very excited about. Uh, And Dan, uh, I didn't share this with you when we were chatting, but we are already seeing like this is we've got a significant number of people already signed up. And this is that window of time where we've got um, the early bird special. It's at a really good price. We also have added a VIP session this uh, this year. And I love the way Dave, my husband, described it is that VIP session is for people that are like, yep, I, I'm really feeling called into a deeper connection with wealth builders and the things that we talk about Uh, And so I just want to encourage you all to get registered for the conference. You can go to wealthbuilders.org forward slash events, and there is a limited number of VIP tickets available. I'm really stunned, actually, how many people have already signed up for it. And it just involves like two lunches and a breakfast. So we definitely feed you. But more importantly, um, the speakers are going to be a part of that time. We're going to do Q&A, and it's just an opportunity for us to be able to connect at a deeper level, level with those of you that are saying, yes, I, I see what Billy and Becky are doing through Wealth Builders. I want to become uh, connected and go in deeper. So again, that's wealthbuilders.org forward slash events. All right. Well, Dan, I cannot wait to hear what you're going to talk about today as, as our, our audience is the same, uh, thinking the same thing. And so I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Dan Dyer. So good to be with everybody. And Karen and I were speaking before that Wealth Builders, our, our family, is a movement And it's taken on such really a prophetic voice right now. And uh, just sitting here, I just really, I'm going to be speaking about building a legacy, building generationally. But but I kind of want to prophesy into something a little bit, if I can, right now, about cycles and seasons and times. And uh, I'm I'm transitioning in, in, in my ministry and things like that. But uh, I have a friend and he was talking about 80 years is a, is a life cycle for four generations. And we know the statement that hard times make strong men and that easy times make for weak men and weak individuals. And in uh, talking with my friend, I, I something just jumped out in me that I really believe that we are a Joseph generation. And I say we're a Joseph generation because Abraham, he was a father, he was a pioneer. And, uh, you know, he he moved out of the land of his lineage and uh, followed the voice of God. Then you get Isaac, 
who was kind of a child of privilege because of Abraham's sacrifices. He um, maybe he would be the one that uh, got a good education, got got a good job, and then and then you get down to Jacob, and and I would call Jacob kind of the spoiled generation. But but after that, and and so I'm looking at the 80 year time frame. After that, there was a, a weakness, a character weakness, and other things in the sons of Jacob. Now, Joseph was not raised uh, basically in the house like the others were because he was sold into slavery. And what ended up happening was is he came back at a strategic time for the salvation of his family. So from Abraham all the way up to Jacob, Jacob ended up uh, possibly almost bankrupt and about to starve to death uh, in the middle of a time of famine. And so I, th I think our world is heading towards some major transition, of course. My, my great-grandfather, or, or I'm sorry, my grandfather, he was born like around 1920. So he was born during what we would call the Great Depression. And at age 19 then, 1939, he ended up going uh, uh, to the Second World War and was a prisoner in a Nazi Stalag camp. And by age 25, he had already lived through a depression, and he had also served in a world war. And so at age 25, he was strong and mature. And we call that generation the greatest generation that existed. I mean, it, it built a lot of our modern society 80 years later, which is about where we're at since 1945. We're seeing the erosion of society and the things that our fathers uh, have built. And if you go back 80 years from 1945, if you go backwards, uh, that was during the Civil War. And those hard times made for strong men. So I, I believe that us and wealth builders, that we are strategically a Joseph generation to bring redemption uh, for, for this generation and for our families. And so I want to talk a little bit about building a legacy, because I believe why not us and why not now? I was raised out in the middle of the country, and all of the surrounding farms used to be my family farms. And when my uh, grandfather and his uncles came back from World War II, they sold all the farms, right? And they went to work in factories. And so they spent their whole time, their whole life in, in toil in a factory. It was a good factory job. But every day, I would wake up and look at hundreds of beautiful acres of land that would have been my inheritance. And I remember like 130 acres went up for sale next to my parents' house. And my dad, I mean, in the 1970s, the interest rates, they were like at 17%. So my dad working in a factory, he didn't have the money to go and buy that property. But what happened is that somebody bought that property next to us and did a select cut of the timber on that property. They took out one large tree out of every three. And taking out one large tree out of all three of those, or out of the three big trees, every third tree, paid for the whole property. If if my dad would have known uh, strategically, um, he could have used the law of leverage and we would have got some of our property back. So this has been a real passion for me in building a legacy because I, I've seen wonderful godly families, wonderful godly churches. But a lot of times the next generation has to start at rock bottom again. And I like to talk about David. And in 1 Chronicles 22, David specifically gives us 
some insight on how he built a legacy for his son Solomon. And in, in that uh, text, it says that he, he gave him provision, he gave him uh, preparation, he gave him history, he gave him prophecy, he gave him a specific blessing, he gave him specific instructions on what to do and how to build the temple, and he also gave people for his life. And so in, in building a legacy, I look at these things and I begin to check those off uh, because, you know, uh, personal development is what my future will require of me. But legacy development is different. It's what someone else's future will require of me. And so that changed my whole mindset on wealth building. Uh, I, I, I went from the mentality of wealth being how much money I could earn to me buying assets that appreciated in value and had an income flow because I want to be a good dad to my daughters. I want to disciple them and discipleship does not happen in a classroom. And so I, I do some things with my girls, even at their early age, my daughter, she just turned 15 years old and my other daughter, she's 11. And so I, I give them the five jar method because I realize if I do pass on a legacy, a heritage to my children, that uh, receiving that is one thing, but maintaining that is something else. So I teach my girls, I call it the five jar method. And so whatever money my daughters get, I, I have five jars. And one of the jars is for saving. One of the jars is for tithing. One of the jars is for giving or offerings. An another one of the jars is also uh, investing, and another jar is spending. So I, I do the five-jar method. And so every dollar that comes into them, I, I'm teaching them because a legacy is not just inheriting stuff. It's inheriting the means in which to manage the stuff and, and also the heart to impart. Like, like we are who's that do what's for why's. And so I always want my daughters to know what to do. I want them to know the value of what they're being given. Uh, but I also want to know, let them to understand, you know, why does daddy and mom do what we do? Because part of our legacy is passing on our values, you know, getting them filled with the Holy Ghost, giving them a, a servant's heart uh, instead of a consumer mentality. And so one of the things it says about David in Acts 13, it said that David slept with his fathers, okay, fulfilling the purpose of his generation. What was the purpose of his generation? That, that our ceiling would be the platform for the next generation. I love the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God is ever increasing. And so when, when I teach these things to my children, I want them to know that, hey, I'm giving you a good lineage, a good heritage, and good opportunities. Uh, but I also want to give them the instructions that you, you've got a purpose for your generation to fulfill as well. You know, God is always father and God is always son. Therefore, there's not any just one generation in God's mentality. He, he's, he's looking at lineages. The, the promise was not just to Adam, but it was to Adam and his seed. And the promise was not just for Abraham. It was for Abraham and his seed. He said, he told Abraham, he said, he said, raise your children right. He said, and your children will be like the stars in the sky and the sand. And he said, and your seed will meet the enemy at the gates. And so 
Abraham's mentality was, I've been given this opportunity to engage, empower, and equip the next generation. Jesus, before the cross, he said this, okay? This is before the cross. He was about to be given up. And he said, Father, I have finished the work that you have given me to do. It's it's in uh, the 17th chapter of John. He said, I finished the work that you've called me to do. What was the work? The work was this. He said, in that, those that you have given me out of the world, I have not lost one, save the son of perdition that scripture might uh, be fulfilled. And so, so Jesus's heart was to make sure that he could engage, empower, and equip his disciples. Uh, and, and also through that, greater things can we do. Because when Jesus rose again from the dead, that heritage, that lineage, uh, that blessing, the, the, the full measure of who Jesus was fell on not just a person, but a people that would continue to carry. And so when I began to look at these things, I realized that, man, we have one shot. We got one great opportunity to make a difference in the world for the glory of God. And so uh, I'd just like to repeat this in your hearts. All promises, all wealth, status, mandates, blessings, anointings are designed to be generational, not only personal. And I've gotten prophetic words, and, and I've seen the prophetic words fulfilled in my life. But I also have some prophetic words that maybe uh, they're going to be so ingrained in my children that though it was spoken to me, uh, they might be the one to fulfill it. Because God is always father and God is always son. And a, a strange story uh, with Elijah. Elijah was persecuted by Jezebel, and he's ready to get out of there. And the Lord basically, he, he was begging for the Lord to take him. And he said, do three things. Anoint Jehu, king of Israel, Hazel, king of Syria, and Elisha as prophet in your stead. And, and then we'll discuss this. Well, Elijah anointed Elisha. But then you see that Elisha's spiritual son anointed Jehu of Israel. And then Elisha anointed Hazel, king of Syria. So God wasn't just speaking to him. He was speaking through him to three generations. I love the scripture. It said in Genesis 2 and 4, it says, And these are the generations of heaven and earth in the day in which he created them. And so when God creates a thing, he doesn't just create a thing. He creates generations in the thing. And I love Joel. Joel, it says that old men will dream dreams. And young men will see visions. And I always, I always joke, I say, it doesn't mean that one's sedated and one's elated. I, I believe that when we impart the heart to the next generation, that it, it will become such a part of them that our dream will be the next generation's vision. And, and that's been the way it has for me, whether it is a spiritual lineage or it's a financial lineage. You know, I just fell in love with the, the men of God in my life. I've had amazing leaders in my life that just loved me to life. And whenever they passed on, I felt like there was a heritage, there was a lineage. Even, even the church that I'm sitting in right now, um, my pastor died going to plant this church. And he told me that there was going to be a revival like you never heard of in this area. 
When he died, I was at the funeral and I said, Lord, if the first, second and third real preacher turns it down and doesn't go, I'll go. And, and my qualifications were I could pray, cry and testify is what I always say. But what ended up happening was I ended up getting a phone call and was asked to hold a revival where Marion was going. And the guy said, I asked one, two and three ministers to come and hold a revival in my town and none of them would come. That's exactly what I said to the Lord. If, if, if the first, second, and third turn it down, I'll go. And so it was like a godly lineage and a godly heritage came upon me that was so far beyond my short life and me being born again. And so, so with lineage, it's, it's not only transactional, it, it's also what we would say devotional. It's, it's a holy trust. Anointings are passed on. When, when you serve anointings, when you serve, and, and even with wealth builders, I'm, I'm a changed man because I've come under the influence of the assignment of people like Billy and Becky and and Karen and Mike Davis. I mean, I mean, I've been forever changed. I'm, I'm receiving part of my inheritance while I'm still alive here. And so, so understanding that this is a holy trust that God has given us. And, and one of the saddest scriptures in the Bible, it says that Absalom had no sons, therefore he made monuments to himself. And so in, in building a legacy, in building a lineage and a heritage, uh, it said that Absalom had no sons. The strange thing is, is Absalom, it says another place in the Bible, he had three sons. So maybe he biologically had three sons, but he didn't have a father's heart, a desire to pass it on to the next generation like he should have. And so when I look at building uh, uh, a legacy, building a heritage, uh, I, I understand this, that, that there's three things that I would say you want to put in your um I call it a generational vault, and, and that's something that I always talk about. And one of the things that I believe that we've got to have in a generational vault is I think we've got to have part of it is resources, money, you know. Uh, so resources are part of building a lineage because everybody's paying for something. I mean, uh, the money is is amoral. It's not immoral. And so it takes upon itself the nature of whoever has it. And my daughters are wonderful. They got a they got a giving heart. They're generous, and uh, so so I realized that I want to equip them with resources and teach them how to handle those resources at a very early age, not when they're twenty some years old. And if something was to happen to me, I, I tell my girls, I say, "Do you see everything that Dad's doing?" Well, I want to train you so that you can do it beside me someday, because all of these resources are, are going to be yours. And so it, I, I use a model method where I do it, they watch, uh, they do it with me, they do it, I watch and refine them a little bit, and then they do it. And I'm actually going through that with uh, the church that we have right now. Um, that there's a transition. I'm after 25 years, I'm going to be passing it on to spiritual sons and daughters who are going to run the race and and hopefully do better in a new season than I ever did. But I I laid a foundation for them. And, and like the Apostle Paul told Timothy, you got to take heed wisely how you build on it. And so the wealth of resources are very important. 
And when I talk about resources, what, what I like to look at is assets that produce income, but also appreciate over time. Assets that produce income that appreciate over time. Years ago, uh, in in our area, everybody was doing uh, David Ramsey. And so a lot of people got out of debt, but they weren't making more money. I mean, there was more coming home as they got out of debt, but it wasn't really wealth building. And, And so then I had the blessing of running into Billy Epperhart and and my mind began to change about things. It, it wasn't how much money I had in the bank, but it was about assets producing income. Years ago, I thought I, I was David Ramsey mindset, get out of all debt. And I, w- I was kind of freaking out at the time because I had like $250,000 worth of debt. And uh, I had to back up and look, okay, I have $250,000 worth of debt. But at that time, years and years ago, I realized that my net worth was 750 to a million. That was my net worth. And so so I had to change the way that I even looked at money uh, because I I wanted to increase my net worth uh, and my income at the same time. So allowing us to raise up, it's going to take it's going to take a war chest to turn this world upside down. And I, I love I love that Billy, he speaks in terms of billions. He has faith for billions. It's been prophesied over him that we're going to be a city nation transformation people. And so in the generational vault, we do need to have resources. And that that could be money in the bank. It could be gold and silver. But uh, I, I prefer, because I'm a, I'm a real estate guy, I love the appreciation of real estate and and also the income that comes from it. The second thing uh, is the wealth of lineage. Children are the heritage of the Lord. So we really need to spend time in part before we depart. Can I say that? Uh, into the next generation. And, and the last one is wealth of wisdom. It's more precious than gold. To continue to give the next generation our testimonies because they're going to fight with those. A testimony means uh, he'll do it again. And so God did it for dad. God's going to do it for us. And so these are three things that I believe you need to unlock and unpack uh, through doing life together, as we call it, in discipleship. Karen, did you have something? Wow. I'm just uh, I'm just like really blessed by this message, Dan. And uh, I like how you gave a lot of practical application because we have a desire that we want to help our children grow, but you've actually shared some specific things that you do that, that we can take away for our children and grandchildren and apply. Uh, so, wow, Dan, this was amazing. And uh, I'm so excited because you're coming out to speak at the Wealth Builders event. We get more of this. Um, so any final words that you'd like to share with people listening today, Dan? Well, something that always comes back, don't beat yourself up about your past. You know, you 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 hear a lesson and you're like, oh, I, I wish I would have known that. You know, every day, his mercies are new every day. His grace is sufficient. So get in the game, get started and watch the Lord maximize those moments. That is so good. Thanks again, Dan. And thanks all of you, our Wealth Builders family, for tuning in each and every week. I know that today has been such a blessing, and I invite you to join Billy and Becky and our entire team for the Wealth Builders Conference. You can learn more about it at wealthbuilders.org forward 
forward slash events. Thanks again, Dan. God Thank bless you. you. Love and, you guys. Uh, Look forward to seeing you in person. Yes, everyone make it a great rest of the day. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Builders Podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review the show. You want to learn more about who we are? Visit our website at wealthbuilders.org and check us out on Facebook. We'll see you next time.